Welcome to episode number 50 of Free Weed from Danny Danko. Uh, This is a special one for us. We are very excited. It's the wrap-up of 2013. We talk about our top 10 uh, moments of 2013. We interview our old buddy Kyle Cushman. Uh, Of course, as usual, a huge cultivation segment with the strain of the fortnight, return of the strain of the fortnight, Uh, a bunch of grow information, Q&A from you guys, and uh, yeah, all, all our favorite uh, free weed type stuff. Thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the wonderful song, 50 Episodes Deep. Uh, come with us on this journey. How many episodes was that? 50. 50. Num- this is number 50. My goodness. I That's can't a- believe that we have made it that long. Yeah, it's a milestone of sorts. It's a milestone of sorts, and yeah. it only took us 18 years. A couple of years. Yeah. But, hey, this was an interesting year, 2013. Good year, solid year. We thank all of you for joining us for our 50th episode. This will be the final episode of the year 2013. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to recap some of the uh, madcap events of the year and things that occurred. Yeah. Um, We are going to do all of that. Talk to an old friend. Yeah, yeah. Answer some grow questions. Mm Mm-hmm. We covered most of that in the in the beginning of the show, but yeah, let's let's dive in. This has been, you know, 2012 was obviously the epic year with uh, with initiatives being passed in Colorado and in Washington, but 2013 was a very good year for us as well in the pot world. Yeah. And so what we thought we'd do is give a little list of our top ten moments in pot. So this isn't. Every, this isn't a, a, a wide-reaching list. This is just Dan and Mike talking about our favorite moments from 2013. Yeah, yeah, and there were so many cool moments. There were so many. Yeah. So let's start. What do you? What? Let's just in no particular order. Let's just jump in here with number one. Cool. Well, not number one. With the first one that we want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> this is going great so far. It's got to be uh, Uruguay. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uruguay legalized wheat. A whole country yeah. legalized pot. A small country. A small country. But a whole country. Nonetheless, yes. And, uh, yeah, and they have an interesting leader, and they have uh, very progressive ideas as to uh, how to provide low-cost marijuana for people that want it. So that's pretty cool, and we've heard a lot in the past uh, year or so leading up to this about how they were going to do that. And so, yeah, God bless them for uh, hooking it up in Uruguay. And... Uh, that's going to become a destination for people, I would imagine. It's it's nestled down there in the south of uh, South America, between Brazil and Chile, and I it's, believe it's and around there. Yeah, it's I got I got this quote from Alison Holcomb, who is a uh, was our is our freedom fighter of the year. She was also the uh, sort of the driving force behind legalizing pot in Washington State, and she uh, she said. The evolution of pot policy over the coming years will be a dance in which parts of the U.S., the Netherlands, and Uruguay, and other nations will rotate the lead and will all become better dancers as a result. So she she views this uh, Uruguay's legalization as a big moment in pot law reform. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it is. I mean, it's huge. And even now, like the UN condemning them and then basically saying, you know, this is obviously a better option than what we've been doing. And uh, so, yeah, dude, kudos to Uruguay. Kudos to Uruguay. And, you know, since Allison was named our Freedom Fighter of the Year in uh, the Amsterdam Cup this year, the 26th Cup, our next moment comes from that cup, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to uh, actually hand uh, Jorge the Dr. Lester Grinspoon Lifetime Achievement Award in Amsterdam and, and did a, a, a little speech And this beforehand. is a big moment because he's sort of your mentor in a way. Yeah, I mean, you know, I learned how to grow from uh, reading his books and, and reading his column in High Times that I basically inherited from him. You know, he, uh, you know, handpicked me basically as a successor in the magazine and, and in the world and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I just appreciate it. And he's not an old guy, so, you know, he's still got a, plenty more of a lifetime to continue achieving. And uh, yeah, yeah the, the lifetime achievement award doesn't mean you have to stop achieving things. <laughs> Your lifetime continues in, in many, Absolutely. many. Uh, and yeah, I mean, his marijuanagrowing.com website is, is a, an amazing resource uh, for free information about um, cannabis cultivation. So just like this show, um, you know, attempts to just bring this to the masses without charging any money. You can buy Jorge's books and you can watch his DVDs and stuff, but you can also go to his website and get a lot of free info. Um, because like me and, and like him and, and all of our uh, compatriots in the cultivation you know, community, we just want more people growing because we know uh, the political act of growing will uh, eventually help end marijuana prohibition. The more you grow, you overgrow, basically, and, and that's what's happening now. We're seeing that, and it's because of people like him uh, paving the way. So that was really uh, yeah, a nice experience for me and, and something I was a little nervous about and uh, but it t- turned out f- great. And yeah, you he, did well. He seemed, uh, you know, touched by it as well. Yeah. And so congratulations to Jorge and congratulations to Dan. That was a very nice moment. I don't know if you were there in person, anyone listening, but it was it was a great moment. My eye, my my eyes welled up. I was holding. <laughs> I was fighting back tears. It was so touching. Um, and let's stick with Amsterdam for just a sec. Now, one of the big jobs, one of the very important jobs with any of these cups is being there to meet the growers who are entering the competition and taking in their their entries and, and you know, looking at them and rating, not rating them, but, you know, sort of uh, marking down what they are and categorizing them. It's called intake, and you got to do that for the very first time in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this year, and, uh, yeah, quite an, an interesting experience. I've usually been on the other side of that, um, which we keep totally separate, which is the judging process. So, um you know all these all these other cups I've been a judge and so it was nice to see it from the other side because um, as a judge you never get to know what it is that you're judging uh, you only know it by its number its code number and so being the person who put the code number on it was interesting to be able to see you know what was in the front running and what was you know what people liked what people didn't like and uh, you know you have a nice meeting at the end um, where you figure it all out and yeah, that was a great experience. I really did appreciate that, and I'll be doing that in L.A. Uh, for our San Bernardino Cup coming up in Feb, and um, yeah, looking forward to it as well. Absolutely. Now let's let's jump over to the states really quick. And you are a a Boston guy, right? You're a Northeast guy. I grew up in the Boston area. Grew up yeah, in the Boston, Boston area. University, and uh, yeah, basically moved to New York after graduate graduating college in 94 but you know my family my friends i got a, a whole core you got people group there back home yeah, yeah. And well that's, that's home you know boston's home i guess well there were some big moments for marijuana law reform in the northeast particularly in massachusetts yeah. and up in maine yeah yeah decrim in mass it uh was huge 
um, what happened in Portland, um, you know, the vote there in Portland, uh, Maine was, was great. And I got to go up there and, uh, celebrate that a bit with Diane Russell and some of the people who made that happen, which was great. The Maine Green Cross and, um, people there, um, Rhode Island is also, I mean, the Northeast is not too shabby when it comes to this stuff. And, uh, I think people are kind of sleeping on it right now, but the truth is, uh, you know, between Rhode Island, uh, Mass, Portland, Vermont, of course, uh, you know, and Connecticut with a medical law. I mean, the Northeast is a, a force to be reckoned with in marijuana law reform as well. Um, yeah, it's getting there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But now for our next moment, let's jump to a place that has gone well beyond medical. Uh, now, when 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 marijuana dispensaries and these these groups were sort of cropping up, it very much seemed to be hole-in-the-wall places that were just growing the pot and providing it to the patients. But more and more, we've seen these superstores, these mm. gigantic, epic facilities. And you got to visit one of the very best in the country out in Colorado. Yeah, River Rock. Uh, yeah, shouts to Rare Dankness and the whole crew over there. Um, those guys, yeah, they took care of us. They took us on a nice tour. Um you know, the same tour that CNN was on like a, a week before we were there. And yeah, it was really nice. And, you know, it's a dream come true to be able to see people growing on that type of a scale. Uh, you know, huge, huge warehouses full of uh, plants indoors. And the thing that I liked as well is they are doing the greenhouse thing big. You know, they have these big, really big greenhouses with supplemental lighting. And I think in the future, when you're talking about a legalized market, and you're talking about producing for you know anyone over 21 who wants to buy it. You you really have to take um, the sun into account and get the best of indoor and outdoor by growing in a greenhouse where you control the lighting, you control um, the temperature, and all you get all the benefits of indoor. But you're you're it's not as big of a carbon footprint, and you're not spending everything on all indoor electricity. You basically just supplement, and they're they're at the forefront of that, and that's going to bring the gram you know cost per gram down you know so significantly so shouts to them for that and that was a wonderful tour absolutely and now let's stick in that area now after uh what was it amendment 64 in colorado passed it legalized a pot for adults there and we held our first ever u.s cannabis cup in denver over 420 weekend Mm -hmm. insanity yeah it was madness we had you know for the first time, I think more than, you know, 10,000, something like 15 or 16,000 people at the event. Um, you know, more people than we expected, really. And uh, that concert at, at Red Rocks with um, Slightly Stupid and, and Cypress Hill was just fan- amazing. That venue is so beautiful that, you know, being there on 420 um, for that event was just really nice. And yeah, we, we went from, from pretty small when we first got into Denver a few years back to just blowing it out. I mean, we had Snoop Dogg performing on the Friday, which was right. uh, 419 into 420. Yeah. Then we had Red Rocks with Slightly Stupid and Cypress Hill on 420. I mean, yeah. incredible. Yeah, it was like Flintstone land, like seeing a concert where the Flintstones live. <laughs> oh, because of the rocks. Okay, <coughs> yeah. that was a Red Rocks joke. Yeah. Right. I got you. Okay. Do you remember Under a Blood Red Sky with U2? That was at Red Rocks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Red Bay Rocks is a world world famous venue, and we, we got to have a show there. I mean, yeah. how cool is that? And mess up the whole backstage area. We destroyed it, <laughs> as is expected of high times. I mean, 
that was our opportunity to kind of party like rock stars, and we did. So, great moment. Uh, we, we appreciate everyone who attended that, all 17,000 of you. Particularly Amazing. people who had to wait a long time to mm, get in because yeah. it was very difficult. And, it was. Uh, I, but everyone I talked to, just about everybody, said ultimately it was worth it. It was a great event. They had a great time. We'll be back and better than ever in 2014. So yeah, that, that was a moment We're right selling there. a ton of tickets for the, this year. So we are indeed. 2014 in Denver. So that was that was Denver. Let's jump back over to Europe. You and I had a pretty fun uh, spring trip yeah. this year. We went over to to Amsterdam, but then we didn't just stay in Amsterdam. Yeah, we went to Barcelona for a couple of days and uh, actually hung out on the beach and had some fun there. Checked out the Hash Marijuana Hemp Museum and a couple of uh, the all, all while working clubs. very very hard. Oh. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We shot a ton of videos <laughs> over there. So, um, yeah, we, I think five or six different videos with different seed people in Holland. And uh, those are all up on YouTube. Yeah. Ariane and Big Buddha and uh, and Serious Seeds, a lot of really epic people. Mm hmm. So that was a great time, and um, we also got to see Amsterdam in the spring, which yeah. we never get to do. <laughs> so that was very cool. Yeah. It was nice. It was. Okay. So let's go to Seattle. Um, uh, there, there. What, what's happening now with the normalization of marijuana smoking is that that sort of mainstream celebrities are okay with participating in these pot events that we're throwing, and it's really this amazing moment where these two worlds are sort of meeting, and it, it, it's just wonderful to experience. And in Seattle, we had a very interesting judge for that cup. Yeah, Rick Steves, uh, famous from you know PBS and and public television, uh, the travel host. Um, wonderful guy, wonderful show, uh, and yeah, he he's a big supporter. He helped support uh, the 502 campaign out there, and he has always been you know pretty friendly about uh, marijuana law reform. His episode on Amsterdam, uh, you know, showed the uh, coffee shop scene for what it is and very you know plainly, and uh, yeah, I mean it was great. And he judged with us and uh, hung out and. Um, got his kit and filled out his forms and did the online stuff and and uh, yeah, it was nice to have him participate in that whole process he's really just a, a, a gentleman and a nice guy and, and a supporter of marijuana law reform and you know <laughs> the best quote from him was uh you know when we asked him you know did don't you ever catch any flack uh, you know from people about your openness openness about marijuana and he's like yeah i do but those are always the same kind of people who I wouldn't want to travel on my travel trips anyway. Right. So they kind of be around <laughs> they yeah. kind of weed themselves out automatically by kind of harshing the mellow of who he is, and so uh, I think he just prefers to get them, you know, out of the way. Cause yeah. Lesson learned. Don't <laughs> don't harsh Rick Steves mellow. So that was cool. We have two yeah. more. We have two more moments here. I'm going to take this next one because this meant a lot to me. Uh, if you recall, in our LA Cup earlier in 2013, it was back in February, we had a little bit of difficulty. We were going to be at LA Center Studios, but the man kicked us out. Basically, <laughs> uh, we were not allowed to have our event in LA, and it got you know the cops got involved and district attorneys, and it got kind of crazy. So we got out there thinking we were going to be in LA, and then scrambling to find a venue for this huge, huge event. And just within a couple of days, we managed to put this whole gigantic event together in San Bernardino. Now, while this was inconvenient for us, it was obviously very inconvenient for our vendors, for the people attending. And so when we were doing the award show on the Sunday night after a very, very successful event, 
we, we wanted to sort of say a thank you. So we got the entire High Times staff up on stage and our associate publisher, Rick Cusick, gave a very nice speech to everybody just saying, you know, we all stuck together, not just the staff, but everyone attending and everybody sponsoring all stuck together. And it was a really amazing moment in my mind for not only the movement, but for what these cups sort of represent. I, I thought that was tremendous. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice moment there for sure. And uh, yeah, we went through a lot. I mean, I can remember a couple of times thinking like, there's no way this event is going to happen. And it still did. You know, I mean, like I, you know, like we kept working and we ca- we found it and, you know, just made it made it happen out of thin air, even though they tried to shut it down twice. So that was that wasn't a nice moment and uh you know to the appreciation from the crowd and now what's cool is we're in that same venue but we know we know we're there yeah. so we can plan yeah, we on can it plan and it. uh and they were so good to us there at the nos the national orange center uh that's actually national orange show right the national orange show spot yeah. in san bernardino and you know they've done the cypress hill smokeouts and stuff too so they're mm-hmm. cool you know they they're happy to have us and that's the kind of companies we need to support you know as we as we get bigger it's like you know, people who like us and and want to be a part of this situation are the ones that we, you know, we're reciprocating back with. Absolutely. I think that was my favorite moment from 2013. But there's one left, and it involves the gentleman that you are going to hear from next. Oh, yeah. Okay. In Seattle, I uh, we got to give a, a cannabis cup to Kyle Cushman. You know, he earned it fair and square um, with the uh, veganic strawberry cough and uh yeah that was just a nice nice vindication for him and buds and roses because uh you know they've they they have great pot and they've they've won these things and i think they just moved we're gonna be talking to him a little later about uh all that but yeah that was a nice moment because he was you know as with jorge cushman was also a mentor and a friend and uh you know basically convinced me that this was something i could do as, as a career uh years and years ago and so yeah that that's pretty cool and that was that's my my memory as well of all, of the good memories of 2013 all right. Well, what we'd like you to do is send us some of your favorite moments of 2013. You could get us at Danny Danko, at Mike Hughes underscore, always with the hashtag free. We'd let us know what you loved. And, you know, sometimes I'm a little pessimistic and I like the, uh, the not top 10 stuff. So maybe tell us some of the moments you really didn't like. But that's what we got for now. Uh, we're going to take a very short break and come back with Kyle Cushman. All right. And, uh, you know, we are privileged to have uh, with us on the phone for our 50th episode, Mr. Kyle Cushman. Welcome, Kyle. Oh, privilege is mine. Thank you, Danny, for calling me. <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. Uh, we went, we're went. we going over some of my uh, favorite moments of the past year, and one of them was actually handing you that cannabis cup in uh, in Seattle for the veganic uh, strawberry cough, which we we've all known and loved for so many years, but uh, finally was vindicated in in contest form. <laughs> I gotta tell you, it was definitely one of my favorite moments too. Um, it was a really great night, you know. It was uh, getting the last award of the night is really special. I gotta <laughs> say, it's probably pretty nerve wracking too. But uh, yeah, that was that was it, amazing. It is is pretty much overwhelming you know when you when I finally heard the the, the name called out that uh, it was really great man and to do it with the strawberry cough after all these years was was really special so yeah and that was only our, our second US cannabis cup so congratulations to you and certainly not the first one uh, for buds and roses which uh, 
They've gotten a bunch uh, of, you know, for different strains and uh, different products. Um, they, and they just... We mo- have. Yep. We've done really well. Um, in fact, I was, we, we did get back-to-back U.S. cups for flowers, but just to let the people know that that was really our first flower win. Over the past two years, we've had a number of second-place, third-place finishes, but... Um, Denver was our very first first place win for flowers with the veganic platinum cookies, mm-hmm. and then Seattle was uh, was another great win with the strawberry cough for sure. Nice, nice, and uh, I think I just saw on the internet uh, Buds and Roses actually moved locations. Is that right? We did. I'm sitting here in the now defunct offices right now, helping clean it out. We moved two blocks down the street uh, specifically to stay Prop D compliant so that we are uh, in the good graces of the L.A. County Board. Um, And uh, everything's looking really good. The new club is a little bit bigger and a little bit nicer, and we're looking forward to a really big year. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Yeah, tell me a little bit about uh, Vega Matrix and how that that whole uh, process is going. It's going really great. Uh, we're right now in the final stages for sure. It's really hard getting the final approvals for labels and registration and things like that. But um, we've pretty much got manufacturing set. And uh, right now we're just waiting for the finalization on our approval and uh, tying up some loose ends with distribution. Exactly how we're going to get it out to all the folks all over the country and all over the world. Wow. But we're, pretty, we're ready to manufacture. We're ready to go. Cool, cool. Well, that's uh, that sounds exciting. 2014, I mean, obviously 2013 was a huge year. Um, we're expecting bigger and better things in the next year as well. So uh, thank you so much. Well, you yeah, and speaking of that, we have the, the L.A. Cup coming up in February. Now, you're, you're going to participate along with Buds and Roses in that cup, right? Yes, we do, uh, Mike. In fact, right now... We've just completed a uh, stage three of a breeding project that we've been working on for, I think about, ooh, I don't want to sell it short. I think we're going on almost five years we've been working on this together, Buds and Roses and I. And um, we've got some new and improved Cherry Lopez strains coming out, and uh, we've, we've improved the Starberry. And we got a few new ones that the world has never laid eyes on. So we're in the process of grading those right now and deciding which ones we want to bring to L.A. Cool, cool. And uh, we should also mention you have a website uh, where people can basically interact and ask uh, grow questions and uh, find out things about uh, what's going on with uh, with you. So uh, let's definitely give a shout out to that website. Yes, www.kylecushman.com is an online resource. We have a free uh, interactive forum that you can sign up for. All you got to do is put in your email address and you become live. And I'm on there frequently answering questions. And I've got a team of experts who uh, take the reins when I can't make myself available. And it's a really good community. It's been growing really well. And... um, that's definitely the online resource for everything veganic. Right on, right on. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you know, you've been a supporter. I mentioned earlier, a mentor of mine. Uh, um, you know, you were on some of the earliest episodes of this show, and here we are at episode fifty. And so, I wanted to celebrate with uh, with an old friend and and uh, uh, a great person. So, thank you so much for joining us for this. Oh, 
Danny, thank you so much. It's it's really my pleasure. I miss you guys. I miss the bong hitters terribly. <laughs> and, um, uh, we will talk soon, Mike and Danny. You both have a great holiday. Thanks so much, too, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll be linking up in the new year. So uh, happy holidays to you and and everyone there. Thanks, man. Hey, Free Weed fans, I want to tell you about BC Northern Lights. These guys have been a sponsor with us for for a long time now, and we're very excited to still have them with us. Uh, They make grow boxes. Basically, that's the long and short of it, but they make great grow boxes. They make top level five out of five in our latest uh, grow box review, seven-time Stash Award winners, and, you know, they have everything. Touchscreen technology, different chambers lit with different lights to... Um, keep your mother plants, your clones, your flowering, everything is there. Very simple, very easy to use, and they have the best customer service. You can call them anytime. So tell them Free Weed sent you. If you give them a call, they're at 888-236-1266, and you can check them out at vcnorthernlights.com. Uh, I believe they are honoring the six months of free nutrients if you mention the show, so give them a ring. They are great. They're in Canada and they've been doing this type of stuff since 2001. So check them out, BC Northern Lights. All right, welcome back. And uh, this is the cultivation segment, right? The cultivation segment. And uh, we have a strain of the fortnight this time. Strain of the fortnight. On We're account back. of it's been a fortnight, yeah. <laughs> it has been a fortnight. Thanks, you guys. Um, and it's, it's not very white, no, it's white berry, and uh, this is a top ten strain from 2008, from our December issue of 2008. Uh, it's from Paradise Seeds, um, which is Luke. You guys can see the video of me and Luke that we shot, actually, uh, if you'd like to check that out on YouTube or HighTimes.com. But um, this one is a really good indica, and all the things we love about indica is big, chunky buds, um, very heavy indica-dominant uh, high. Um, huge frosty nuggets covered in trichomes and bursting with flavors both subtle and pronounced. And uh, yeah, and another cool thing for growers and trimmers is that there's a high calyx to leaf ratio. Basically, that just means uh, more bud and less leaf to trim, and which makes it uh, easier to trim and wonderful for hash making as well because the trim you do get, uh, you can make hash out of that, and it's really uh, has a great sedative quality. This is like a nighttime smoke. Uh, very soothing, soothing qualities, induces peaceful, easy feelings. Uh, medical patients really love it for relieving muscle spasms and restless leg syndrome, RLS. So that's what I have it listed for right now on hightimes.com um, as a strain solution for muscle spasms and restless leg syndrome. So check them out. Whiteberry, uh, Paradise Seeds, seven-week flowering time is also, uh, you know, people love that as well. It's a nice short, short indica um, stays stocky, um, produces, if you want to check, take a look at the picture on our website, it produces these very, uh, dark colored leaves and has some interesting fall colors when it flowers. So yeah, check them out. Uh, white berry from paradise seeds, the strain of the fortnight, the strain of the fortnight. I love it. All right. So, you know, uh, in the past we have done uh, true or false or fill in the blank. Uh, today, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, you know, sometimes in the grow room, you make mistakes. And sometimes you cut corners. 
Now these sensey sins can get you in a lot of trouble, and today we're going into the Grow Room Confessional. <laughs> All right, let's get started, Danko. Okay, my son. Forgive me, Danko, I have sinned. I topped off my hydro reservoir without actually emptying or cleaning it out. Hmm, you must, must, mea culpa for this. Uh, <laughs> every two weeks minimum, you have to change all the water out of your hydroponic reservoir. Uh, it's very important. You can't just keep topping it off. Now, during those two weeks, you do top it off, but don't top it off with... Uh, full-strength nutrient solution because you're adding to something that already has nutrient solution in it that has uh, actually lost water but not all lost all the nutrient solution. So when you're adding water to your nutrient solution to top it off, you're adding mild nutrient solution, not full-strength. And you're al always checking the parts per million anyways to make sure you're not like way over uh, 1,500 or, or more or under, you know, three or 400, which would be um, you know, just plain water, basically. You've got to have some food in there. And you have to, have to, every two weeks, drain it out. They'll completely drain the, the entire reservoir, refill it with water and start fresh, uh, clean it out too. Um, you don't want algae to form. You don't want any kind of problems in there. So, yeah, that's... That's yeah, what you do. It, it's easy just to top it off, but don't be guilty of sloth. Actually right. empty that sucker out and clean it. All mm -hmm. right, so here we are in the grow room confessional. Forgive me, Danko, I have sinned. I left my yellowing dead leaves on the grow room floor. Not good, not good. Um, what do you recommend? I'm not going to strike you down <laughs> with great vengeance or anything, but I'd, I'd certainly recommend cleaning those up and getting them thrown away. Uh, you can compost them. Uh, basically don't want to put them in your garbage uh, for the garbage collector to find, so I find composting works really well. Um, but get rid of them. They can't sit on the floor. These are places for insects to gather. These are places for um, pests and mold. I mean, these are dead leaves. There's a reason that they're dead, and those are the things that the bugs are going to attack first, and you're basically sprinkling the floor of your grow room with things that bugs love to attack. So think of it that way, and get in the grow room right now, uh, say one Hail Mary and then get rid of all the dead leaves that are on the floor or anything that's on the plant that's beyond yellow or brown or anything like that. Just one Hail Mary Jane? Hail Mary Jane. Nice. Okay. In the Grow Room Confessional, let's move on. Forgive me, Danko. I have sinned. I didn't examine my garden closely and I let a male plant flower. Ooh, yeah. that's a bad one. That is a bad one. If you're growing from regular seeds, you have to be aware that once they start flowering, you can get males. And if their males are allowed to flower entirely and open up their pollen sacs, then you are in trouble because... <laughs> pollen sacs. <laughs> you will be in trouble because your garden will become seeded, and that means that all the buds will be filled, and I mean filled, with seeds. Every little piece of pollen from that male plant, and there's billions of them, will permeate th among throughout those females and this type of fornication is not to be allowed my son you can't allow this you must eradicate the males immediately upon discovering that they exist and the way that you do that is when they start flowering they look like little yellow bunches of bananas now when those bananas open that's when the pollen strikes 
So do not let them open. Get rid of them with extreme prejudice. Yeah, I mean, if you are not growing a, a garden for seeds, that's a huge mistake. You basically just ruined your entire crop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're breeding, yeah, it's a whole different, different story. story. But uh, at the same time, you don't just want random males and random females in your breeding projects either. You, you want to pick and choose. So right. um, certainly never allow a, a male plant to flower around your female female plants. Right. So that's a pretty big one. How many Hail Mary Janes do I have to do? Uh, you know what? Skip the Hail Mary Janes and just get rid of the male plant as quick as possible. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, Groom Confessional. Next up. Oh, boy. I'm a little nervous about this one. <laughs> uh, forgive me, Danko. I've sinned. I harvested without flushing. Ah, uh, we talk about this all the time. We talk about this all the time. Every week, it seems like someone else comes into this booth. <laughs> <laughs> and tells me the same thing. The harvest crept up on me. Well, that's what happened. Yeah. Well, you know, you have to be prepared. You have to know your strain. You have to know that you're two weeks away and you have to start the flush. It's important. And it's part of the planning process. And the reason these things happen is because I don't think you maybe you even had a grow calendar there on the wall. You can get these calendars from High Times Magazine. I didn't have one. You where, can, where would I find it? At headshop.hightimes.com. Head oh. You can buy one now for 2014. You can start fresh. Oh, I need that. With January 2014, you can say, planted white widow today. Then you know the day you planted it. Started flowering on the 15th. And your harvest won't sneak up on you. Your harvest can't sneak up on you because you planned it. You prepared. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My son. Yeah. I'll take a plan and prepare and get a calendar just in case because I know you like to smoke that stuff and sometimes, you know, not thinking ahead right. quite so much. And now I end up here in this booth confessing to a horrible sin of not flushing my harvest. Oh gosh, I'll I mean do... it's going to ruin the whole thing. You know, you're going to it's going to burn wrong. Yeah. It's not going to taste right. How you know. I mean, how how bad is that actually? Like if you're smoking bad. some weed that hasn't been flushed, what are we talking about? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a sin. Right. It's a, literally a sin. Does that? But all these sins seem so far to have been sloth. We yeah, haven't. Well, there's we haven't a seen, lot. Well, hey, that could be let pride. Me tell you something. That could be pride. There's a you... lot of sloth in the garden. <laughs> Don't allow the sloth in the garden. Though, I wanted to do like smell. a wrath and a greed. Oh, that could be greed. greed. You wanted to get your harvest out sure, to make some sure. money. A little, right. more, a little more plant food there at the end. All right, we got one more of these, everybody. Thank you for bearing with us. Uh, grow Room Confessional, our final one. Forgive me, Danko. I have sinned. I ignored yellow dots on the top of my leaves. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Spider mites. Oh, spider mites. Yes, you have to stop them immediately. You can't not ignore their signs of their damage. And if you ignore the signs of their damage, you will be then plagued with even more damage. And then that damage... Will that turn, damage begets other damage? <laughs> will beget other damage. Mm. And by the end of Ecclesiastes, the damage is done. And uh, and that by damage, I mean webbing all over your pot Ugh. buds. Yeah. Which, again, is a sin. Right. So, so yellowing you see dots. Those little yellow dots, and then you flip the leaf over, and you see little red or, or, or black uh, little tiny little mites running around. They are not your friends, and you must rid yourself of them you know what consider it almost like a uh, religious duty you know it's like the crusades but in this case it's against spider mites you need to wipe out the spider mites get rid of them 
All right. Well, they're, that was Gorlun Confessional, They're everybody. godless vegetarian... They're godless <laughs> vegetarian bugs that feast upon our lovely plants. And so you must... Are you must. waging... Are you declaring some kind of religious war against vegetarians now? Not all vegetarians. Yeah. Vegetarian bugs. That eat your, your weed. Right. Right. Which is most vegetarian bugs because they know how good weed is. Yeah. They find it delicious. Yeah. Well, we, most importantly, am I forgiven? You are forgiven. Ah, oh, thank goodness. Okay. Well, that was Grow Room Confessional, everybody. <laughs> thank you. Uh, if you <laughs> if you have a uh, sin in the Grow Room to confess to, uh, get Dan on Twitter, at Danny Danko. Um, hashtag Grow Room Confessions. Okay. So... Uh, we took a couple of weeks because we had a live free weed um, in our last show. It's time for us to answer some listener questions. Yes. What do you think? Let's do it. A little Q&A. Yeah. All right. Let's get that started. If you have a question, it's a free weed at hightimes.com. You could also get us on Twitter at Danny Danko at MyQs underscore. Let's start it off with a question from Blind Dog. I have a two by four tent with a 400 watt light. I'm curious about what strains you would recommend I grow. Uh, he also says, I've grown a few strains from a, like Barney's Tangerine Dream, a Critical Hog. I'd love to hear your opinion on the strains that I should try. So what do you think? Hmm. He wants to know what strains to grow. What strains do you think would be a good fit for his 2x4 uh, tent with a 400-watt light? So yeah, obviously I mean, we're not talking about those big stretchy guys, right? Right. right. So indigo-nominant, of course, but there's plenty of choices out there. Uh, one of my favorites right now in that realm is the Kosher Kush um, from the DNA Guys Reserve of Pravada. It's it's a great Kush that you can grow from seed. That's potent. It's got the smell. It's got the 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 that funk. It's got it all, and it's from seed form, and anyone can grow it. And like you know, you know when you get that really fire bag of Kush. You really wish you had a seed or a cut of that cut, and this is a way to get it. And so, um, yeah, I highly recommend the, the DNA Boys, the Kosher Kush, man. That's that's a strain everyone should grow at least once. And uh, if you're going to have a mother plant, definitely, like, you know, have one of those in your quiver um, that you can take cuts from and grow out because it's not as finicky as most Kush plants that you get that are clone only, too. So... I would say kosher kush if I had to pick one right now that you know that I think um, could handle a two by four space um, really well and still maintain a really potent, amazing product uh, in not too long of a time. All right, that sounds good. I hope that helps, Blind Dog. Uh, let's move on to Isaiah, who writes. Um, I started listening to you guys around episode thirty-five, and I've been hooked ever since. Well, thank you very much. Um, I've never grown before, but after listening to you guys and gaining some solid base knowledge, uh, I think I'm ready to take the plunge. So let's help uh, Isaiah out. I live in an apartment, and I want to be as discreet as possible and not draw unwanted attention. So my question is, what would be the best way to grow discreetly on a very tight budget? Let's say I have $500 to spend on everything. Lamps, pots, soil, hydro setup, all of it. Everything. $500. Is that possible? What about 1000 What do you think? Uh, you know, obviously a thousand is going to go further than 500, but, uh, if you get yourself a grow tent, similar to the one in, in the question before a two by four, um, with a small wattage grow light, like a 250, um, 250 watt sodium light, uh, you can probably get that, you know, the light for under 300 with the ballast and the reflector, uh, you can get the tent for maybe three or three or 400. And then af beyond that, you know, it's just about, you know, the, the cheaper stuff, the 
soil mix, the buckets that you use, uh, and any kind of airflow type situation, because most of these tents have uh, attachments where you know you, there's a hole and you can put a charcoal filter and a fan coming out the back at the top of the tent, you know, to remove that hot spent air. So, yeah, my recommendation is you get yourself a uh, grow tent you know, two by four kind of small grow tent. It's the size of a closet. It's easy to take up and, and, and put down if you need to uh, put it away. You can, you know, basically uh, grow very discreetly with a, a tent like that. So that's my recommendation. Get, get a nice grow tent, um, light it up with a, you know, maybe a 250. If, you, if you're feeling frisky, you can go for like a 400 watt light. You're going to get more bud, but you're also going to create more heat. So um, if you're looking discreet, you know, start with the 250 and uh, work your way up. Awesome. Thank you, Isaiah. Keep on listening and uh, let us know how that works out for you. Moving on to Bit Addict writes, uh, love the show, guys. My question has to do with charcoal filters. How long do they typically last? And is there any way to replenish or recycle them? What do you okay. think? Um, you know, it's kind of a general rule of thumb that they last about six months to a year um, with activated charcoal. Now, there's ways that you can... Um, certain ones, there's ways that you can open them up and you can take out the charcoal and you can add activated charcoal because eventually what happens is the charcoal, uh, is no longer activated. It it has so many, uh, pores in it and the things that are going through and capturing the, the odor are filling those pores and eventually it becomes unusable. You know, I would say basically six months to a year depending, but you know, the ones with bigger fans are going to, uh, are going to clog quicker and ones that are, you know, used all day are going to clog quicker than ones that are, you know, used for 12 hours and then shut off. So basically, uh, you know, like I said, about a year and you can get ones pretty easily that you can reactivate, uh, re- refill with activated charcoal and then start right back over again. Uh, and yeah, that's that's my recommendation. Basically, six months to a year with a year being like realistic uh, about how much you'll get out of it if you're growing basically the whole time. All right. Sounds good. We hope that helps with any uh, charcoal filter questions. And moving on to Justin. Uh, Hey, guys, I'm new to all this, just getting started. I planted about a dozen seeds in some red Solo cups, and now I have eight seedlings a week later. How do I know when to start feeding them nutrients? I read somewhere that you don't need to for a while because the organic potting soil has everything it needs. But uh, but when when do you start needing to give them food and water and that kind of thing? What do, what do you think? Um, basically, if they're looking green and healthy, um, just keep using water. If if you're doing that and you start to see them go just faintly lighter colored, like uh, not even yellow, but just a lighter green than you're used to, uh, that's a good time to feed. If you can catch it before they do that, you know that's great. But a lot of times that's your first sign that hey, uh, you know the pl- plant. The roots have used up everything that was in this soil. Usually that's about two to three weeks of uh, steady watering. Uh, Once the roots are root bound in the container, they will have pretty much used up most of anything that was in that soil already. So if that's the case and you're just adding water and you're seeing them start to go yellow, definitely you're adding food at that point. Uh, it's not a bad idea to replant them into bigger containers as well. Yeah, that was actually part two here. When uh, is it safe to transplant them into larger, more permanent containers? Yeah, I mean, you certainly don't want to flower plants in, in red Solo cups. So, uh, you know, as soon, I mean, I would transplant them now. You know, the, uh, the sooner you can get them into a bigger container, the uh, better the root system is going to uh, 
adapt and you certainly don't want to do that transplantation during the flowering period or even within a couple of weeks of when you plan to do that so uh, the sooner the better and what you do very easily is you fill uh, you know you water them as you would normally water them make sure they're thoroughly soaked um, you know flip the cup upside down um, with your fingers basically firmly holding the stem the main stem of the plant and then sort of ease the cup off of the dirt that you've watered uh, the reason you watered it in is to keep that all together if it's not watered it'll fall apart and that'll damage your roots then you take that and you know replant it into a bigger container with soil and then backfill the soil to make sure uh, that there's so- soil on the sides and on the bottom and uh, that's how you do it all right awesome thank you justin i, I also just want to mention here justin writes at the end of this email I love the show, and I've been inspired by you guys and all of the people on your show. Thank you for helping open my eyes to what's going on in the world related to this subject. That's very cool to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you um, for the kind words. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, that's why we we put the show out there. So, you know, so people will decide to create their own free weed. Absolutely. All right. I like this next one. It's from our old friend Salsa Verde. Uh, dear Danny Danko, and of course, the lovely Mike Hughes. <laughs> now, I'm not referred to as lovely very often. That's, that's lovely to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so what are your thoughts as to how long a mother plant can healthily stay in the vegetative stage in an indoor garden? Wow. Um, I mean, I have to say, I've seen mother plants that are 15, 20 years old. Uh, as long as they were healthy uh, during all that time, they're still giving off great cuttings. I mean, at some point, you, you got to put them to bed I would say take a cut and and grow that out as the new mom but uh, like I said I have seen really big ones uh, with big tree trunks at the bottom and sometimes they're funny they look like Dr. Seuss trees because all the cuttings have been taken uh, from the bottom and then there's suddenly there's all this foliage at the top but this big long sparse trunk that leads to like this little bush at the top which is funny funny looking (laughs) in a lot of ways but great cuts are still being taken off of them and when you find a great mother plant you really you want to hold on to it as long as you can because uh you're getting great cuttings off it and you know like i said a a mother plant that's been alive for 15 years has given off thousands and thousands of cuttings contributed a, a ton to you know the amount of of good herb there was uh at that time so yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, I've seen them 20 years old, and you know, I, ha- you know, if they've lived healthy lives, they're healthy plants, and if they haven't, they're probably not, and you should start new ones. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Salsa Verde. Very cool. <coughs> All right, so moving on, our next question comes from Daniel. I was wondering if uh, you were using a single plant grow box like the ones you advertise for in your magazine for, uh, if you can use that for small spaces or condos. I need to know if uh, I need an auto flowering seed for the best crop or if I could use any seed or clone and then manipulate it to flower by adjusting light schedules. So this is a question about our grow box, people like BC Northern Lights who make these wonderful contraptions. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't really seen too many that just grow one plant. Uh, the BC Northern Lights guys, they have a, the roommate which glows, uh, grows four plants and you can veg and flower in that uh, under a 400 watt light. Um, that's pretty small. It, you can check it out online at bcnorthernlights.com. It's called the Roommate. Um, it is probably for its size the the best little grow box uh, ever built. I mean, it's got like a you know it's got the um, touchscreen technology. It's got you know hydro. Everything's automated. Everything's automated. The lights, the pumps, the air, the 
you know, everything there. And it just looks like a small little cabinet and you, you, you know, it's very stealthy. Uh, it's on wheels, casters, so you can roll it around. Uh, not too heavy either for all the equipment that's in there. So yeah, I mean, I, I would recommend that. Um, you don't have to grow auto flowering plants in, in a box like that. You can grow regular seeds. You can grow feminized seeds. I recommend regular seeds. If you have four slots for plants, you know, you just want to start 10 uh, seeds minimum, pick out the four healthiest of your seedlings and pop them in there. And then you have four um, great, you know, healthy female plants that you're growing in that box. And um, like I said, it does not have to be auto flowering to thrive in there. Nope, absolutely could not. Be. I mean, yeah. you could do auto flowering, but right. you don't have to. You're not limited to that. Absolutely. All right. So thank you, Daniel. Uh, let's go to the speed round because we are running out of time. So uh, more play days, right? Uh, many kind thanks, Danny and Mike, for the show. Big respects. My question, uh, one of my grow books suggests to lower nitrogen levels in the mother plants before taking cuttings. And secondly, to scarify or lightly scrape the stem of the cutting to promote rooting sites. Are these techniques beneficial in your opinion? Uh, yeah, both of those techniques are beneficial. You don't have to do either one, really. I mean, uh, uh, reducing nitrogen is helpful to the plant uh, at that point that you're going to be taking. It, it's, it's helpful to the cuttings. You know, it's better off. Uh, you're, you're better off rooting cuttings that don't, aren't high in nitrogen. Um, so that's a good one. And then scarifying the tissue around the cut is, you know, it's just makes other places for roots to pop out. So, um, you do get rooting, uh, a little bit faster if you do it right. And then basically all that means is just sort of lightly scraping the last, you know, half inch or so after, you, you know, you've made your cut, um, you lightly scrape around with like a serrated knife, just real basic and uh a lot of times roots will pop out of all the sides instead of just the cut end roots will pop out of all those little bumpy um things that you create by scarifying that tissue so um both of those work uh neither one is absolutely necessary um the things that are necessary for cloning really is uh humidity and warmth so if it's like 80 degrees and 80% humidity in your cloning chamber, you will probably will induce roots in your plants, um, whether you've scarified them or reduced the nitrogen in the mother plant. So um, like I said, while those things help, they're not absolutely necessary. All right. Very cool. I have to read this last part of the email, though. Uh, P.S. Danny and Mike, I listen to past shows while working in my garden. The plants seem to like your voices. <laughs> they know you. Uh, they know you are there to help them. Oh, so wow, that's uh, cool. Yeah, thanks. More play days. Very cool. Yeah. All right, we got time for one more. This one comes from Twitter. Again, that's at Denny Danko at MikeHughes underscore with the hashtag Free Weed uh, at MusicMan seven seven zero three writes. Uh, being realistic, how bad is the smell when flowering one or two plants? I'm growing indoors with a three foot grow box and a carbon filter. Uh, I mean, being realistic, if you have the carbon filter, you know, it, it's going to, that's going to take care of most of the smell when you're harvesting and you're drying. If you could dry inside the grow box with the carbon filter, now you don't want the lights on in the grow box for sure. Um, you want the carbon filter and the fan running, sucking air out and cleaning that air. And if you do that and, and you, you do the har the drying inside the box with the carbon filter, it shouldn't be too bad. Again, I mean plants smell you know flowering plants in particular and um so it really depends on if it's if you want it a room that you can put that box in that 
where it doesn't smell, that's pretty tough. But for it not to smell outside your front door and down the hallway or into the street in front of your house, that's pretty easy. It's just those like, you know, those contained areas where plants are giving off a lot of moisture and odor at that time during harvest. Um, it's tough to contain that smell real, being realistic. So uh, it's great if you have a special chamber that you can do that in a light free space that uh, that has a charcoal filter on it. But that just means you can't grow in that box until your buds are dry. So, you know, you're slowing yourself down a little, little bit, but uh, it is a more stealthy way at, to not have as much odor. All right. Well, thank you for being realistic. And thank you, the listeners, for sending in those questions. If you have a grow question, or just any question in general, a gym teacher question, anything that you want Dan to answer on the air, get us on Twitter at Danny Danko, at Mike Hughes underscore. Get us by email, freeweed at hightimes.com. So do that. And also, I'm not sure, but you might be looking for some seeds to grow. Do we have any tips on that? Yeah. It's funny you should mention that because Gorilla Cannabis Seeds is the seed bank that sponsors our show. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you can check them out at gorilla, G-O-R-I-L-L-A-Cannabis-Seeds.co.uk. They ship worldwide. They give you free seeds, which is awesome. They have good prices. This is 100% discreet, stealthy shipping, um, eco-friendly shipping, which is we always love. Um, you can check them out on Twitter. You can check them out on Facebook. If you do those things, please tell them Free Weed sent you. We want them to know that you heard about this wonderful uh, seed bank through us, um, through listening to our show. Um, and we love them because, dude, they have a bunch of seed banks, not just their own seeds, which they sell, but they do Barney's Farm. They do Archive. They have Cali Connection. They have Delta 9, DNA. Dynafem, Dutch Passion. I mean, like all the stuff we talk about, serious seeds, um, Sensi seeds, you know, just TH seeds. Everyone we've interviewed on the show, these guys sell their seeds and they ship worldwide. Most of these people won't ship to the U.S., but uh, Gorilla does. So check them out, Gorilla Cannabis Seeds. If you want to call them uh, internationally from the U.S., it's 0044-208-720-7323. Uh, they are in the UK. Gorilla Seed Bank. Keep it gorilla. Keep it real. Indeed. All right. So <laughs> what do you say? We take a little break, come back, put a bow on it. Wrap it up with raw. Let's do it. All right. So what is this? The wrap? We're wrapping it up with raw <laughs> papers for the 50th time or thereabouts. Wrapping it up with raw, which mm-hmm. is every joint I ever smoke. Mm-hmm. All right, look, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we announced that, uh, that Dan and I would be battling in, in an effort to find who is the uh, the best at fantasy football. And why don't you tell them what happened? I won. Yeah, you did. I won, and now I'm in the championship, and I'm going to win again. Jamal Charles scored five touchdowns. Yes. What am I supposed to do with that? Mm, You're supposed to draft him ahead of me. Mm. But you took Adrian Congratulations to Dan. By the time uh, you hear this episode, we will know for sure if he won at all. Uh, It looks like you're going to, so congratulations, (laughs) Dan. Yes. Um, Yes, I won at Fantasy Football. Your football men beat my football men. (laughs) Uh, To all of you, thank you so much for an excellent 2013. We really appreciated all the questions and the feedback and the support. 
Absolutely. Um, we are excited about doing the show for you guys in 2014, and we're going to bring you some interesting guests, and we've got some great ideas for, for topics and, and, and new shows, and um, excited about that. One of the things that was left off the list of 10 great things this year was uh, the 56 that I shot <laughs> at Flushing Meadows Pitch and Putt Golf Course. That's just two over par at a par 3, 18-hole Pitch and Puff, we call it the Pitch and Puff in Flushing Meadows. Yes. Shout out well to done. Puff Caddy, mm-hmm. the homie over there. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants to challenge us in a tournament, if you're in the tri-state area, we can put up a little tournament. Uh, I can tweet it out. If you guys tweet me that you're into it, we can put up a tournament and uh, you can play against us virtually on that course. You can actually go to that course, put up your score and play in a high times golf tournament. But uh you might as well save your trouble because <laughs> I shot a 56 this year, um, uh-huh. which was one of my highlights. And uh, to quote our good friend Craig Coffey, Danko plays old man golf. So <laughs> he's, but he's very good. He's like a little I, wonder kind at the uh, old men teach. The uh, that's uh, the type of golf you got to play. Right. Conservative golf, man. Anyway, so those yep. were Denko's main uh, feats of athletic accomplishment this year. Yeah, and I also can't end the year uh, on a super downer, but I definitely, uh, of all the wonderful things that happened this year, want to say uh, rest in peace to Jenny Cush in Colorado and our old friend Michael Malta, uh, KOP in Boston. Uh, we lost two great freedom fighters this year, uh, among many others, and, you know, it's the holiday season. I uh, want to think about the people that we lost and, and cherish the people that are still here. And, uh, you know, we can't also forget about the prisoners uh, that are locked up. So uh, if you can, put some money on their books, check them out um, and see what you can do. I actually have something I can look up right here and tell you guys where you can go if you're interested. Uh, The-human-solution.org. Um, that's a place where you can see a complete list of inmates and their sentences. These are all nonviolent marijuana offenders who uh, could use a boost over the holidays. So uh, without further ado, um, you know, rest in peace, Jenny Kush, rest in peace, KOP. Um, shouts to everyone that's uh, still locked up in the system. Eddie Lepp, uh, Mark Emery, our old buddy Mike Manning, uh, and too many others to even mention. So please check out the dash human dash solution.org and uh there's something you can do directly to help someone directly so um in this era of giving and uh in this holiday season let's do what we can for those uh who are fighting the good fight with us yes so check that out and do stay tuned for more great free weed we've got cultivation information we've Mm -hmm. got great interviews so stay tuned in the new year and everyone listening we hope you have a very happy holiday, a happy new year. You yeah. got anything else there, Dan? Yeah, I'm just hoping maybe next year we'll be changing the name of the show to Freed Weed. From Mike Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> underscore. I'm going to go ahead and underscore that. But uh, yeah, man, thank you guys for 50 episodes, sticking with us, listening, uh, interacting with us via the uh, Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagram and all that stuff. And, and just, you know, the email, free weed at high times. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. We, we've heard some incredible stories. We're definitely going to get to some of the other ones. Um, some soldiers that are dealing with PTSD and all kinds of issues that are happening. So, uh, yeah, man, thanks for a great 2013. And we're looking forward to an even greater 2014. Um, happy holidays to you guys. Hope you celebrate it uh, in the highest fashion with some good herb and some friends and family.
And I guess that's the wrap on episode number 50. We will see you in the new year. Try one less creepy. <laughs> Off to a good start. <laughs> Say like, wow, man. All right. Hey there. All right. <laughs> Oops. A little, little too much, I think. <laughs>